Hey, this is Joe Yannetti, and you're listening to, you know what, dude, on Glory Hole Radio Podcast. No. No. Okay. <laughs> Say it again. You're listening to, you know what, dude. Podcast. Podcast. On GloryHoleRadio.com. GloryHoleRadio.com. Go. Hey, this is Joe Yannetti, and you're listening to, you know what, dude, on Glory Hole Radio. Say it again. You're listening to, you know what, dude. Hey, this is Joe Yannetti. And you're listening to, you know what, dude, on <laughs> Glory Hole Radio. Glory Hole, ra- Glory Hole Radio.com. You know what, dude, podcast. Hey, this is Joe Yannetti, and you're listening to, you know what, dude, podcast on Glory Hole Radio.com. That was good. One more time. Hey, this is Joe Yannetti, and you're listening to what? What are you doing? Come on, for? give some energy. Oh, to more it. energy! <laughs> hey, this. <laughs> Stop laughing. I gotta take a shit. You know what? All right, what's up? This is uh, Robert Kelly with another episode of You Know What Dude podcast. Uh, I'm here today with a special guest. You know, sometimes I I do uh, special guests. A lot of times it's me and uh, Joe D, but uh, Joe DeRosa. But every once in a while, I, I, I get to interview one of my mentors or favorite comics in the world or best friends or... You know, another comic that you guys don't know that you fucking should know. And this guy fucking is all the above. (laughs) This guy is uh, Joe Yannetti. Hey, it's Joe Yannetti. Hello. Uh, Boston dude. East Boston, sorry. East Boston. Hey, get it straight. (laughs) Now in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Oh, that's fucking tough. It sucks, man. (laughs) I hate it. I I don't know if the people from New Hampshire get this. Yeah, we get people. We get people from all over the world. Actually, yeah, no, New Hampshire's a nice place to live. Is you're it? You're a fucking tick. If you, <laughs> I like New Hampshire. I fly fish in New Hampshire, Joe. Yeah, I almost couldn't move there because I couldn't afford the two shit boxes for sale on my front lawn. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Everyone's got two cars for sale on their front lawn in New Hampshire. I had to put a sign on my car that said "Not for sale." Why? Why? Yeah. People cut. How much you want for the SUV? It's not for sale. And why'd you park in front of the house? Uh, Jesus Christ. It sucks. I hate living there. You think you're doing morning zoo radio right no, now? No, I, I, I don't give a shit what we're doing. I hate New Hampshire. I want to tell people. Hang All on. Right. I'm, trying I don't to find, hate, I'm trying to find something really quick. All right. I don't hate New Hampshire. What? I miss Boston. You miss it. I miss the city. I oh, love Boston. Oh, my God. What? Hang on. Joe, what do you see? I know, right? I feel like I'm having my fortune told. What do you I'm see? I'm trying to. Oh, great wizard. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll find it later. You I'm look like a something. fucking genie. We're trying. <laughs> 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 I do with the fucking the bald fatness of me. I, um, listen, I want to tell people who you are first. Okay. Because people are like, who's this fucking. First of all, Joe Yannetti. First of all, this energy he has right <laughs> now, this fucking. This is not what. This is not <laughs> Joe Yannetti that I know. Just let's. 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 
let's fucking squelch this happy horseshit right now. All right. Life sucks. It's miserable. Nah, I don't nah. know what I'm here for. This is actually the biggest opportunity I've had in three years. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> you. I had to create it. <laughs> um, the... <laughs> I, uh, I, I've known you for how long? 20 years. Long time, man. Well, around 20, not 20, maybe 18. Since you had hair. That's <laughs> not that long ago. That's six years ago. Oh, right. Well, you had hair a long time ago. Eight years ago. 10 years ago. It was Somewhere before you there. even put shit in your hair to try to save your hair. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> yeah, that fucking black shit used to leave on my sink all the time. <laughs> that was my medicine. <laughs> That's called the medicine. That's dye. That was dye. That wasn't to keep it. That's what killed it. It was, you know, you get to that point where you're fucking going bald and gray. You have to make a decision. Do I want, do I want this shit? Do I want to look, do I, do I want to be 32 and look 48? Or do I want to fucking, you know, just go bald and say, you're in it. great shape too. When? Back then. Wait, any more insults on my podcast? That's not Jesus an insult. Christ, you're bald, gray, fat. I was jealous back then. Back I used then, to look say, at you and go, man, I wish I looked like that. Say, and obviously, you were looking at me saying the same thing. Because uh, <laughs> Joe's fat. <laughs> well, you know, you actually look good. You dropped some pounds. Yeah, guess what? Weight Watchers. Oh, Weight Watchers. I'm actually, I'm on, uh, I can uh, hold it up right now. Won't work. What? Hey, can you fucking. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that your sponsor? Shut up. <laughs> I didn't even see what it's it was. It's called Medifast. Medifast. Yes, and it's a diet that was created for people that were going on um, uh, the, what's that fucking thing where they cut your stomach small? What's oh, what's the that fuck called? that. The ring? The, the, no. The, the, when you gastro get bypass. Gastro, gas, gastric bypass. Bypass surgery. Yeah. Um, Cures diabetes. Did they, you know that? What? If you get that, if you have diabetes, yeah. the diabetes goes away. Why? I don't fucking know. If you get the gastric bypass surgery. Yeah. Really? Larry Lee Lewis. He got it. And yeah. it's diabetes. Yeah, it's away. called not being a fat fuck anymore. No, no. As soon no, as no. they do the operation, the diabetes goes away. Yeah, yeah. Not like after you get fat. First of all, after first of all, the operation is they make your stomach smaller. Yeah. Okay, so that can't yeah. cure It's like a comorant with a ring around its neck. You don't know that? If you say the word comorant ever again on my show, if, or in life, if we ever see each other, if I bump into you 15 years from now on a cruise ship, I will fucking smash you with whatever's available. I didn't get the book of things not to say on Bumpy Comorant, whatever the fuck that word is, no, is one of them. Oh, you can say it. Listen, I can't say it. <laughs> listen to me. You don't let, even know what it up, is. Back up. Back All right, up. let me explain what it is, though. I know what a comorant Comorant. Oh, shit, comorant. I said it. So the, the, the Chinese, the, it's a bird that goes under the water and catches yep. fish. Yep. And then, then they put a ring around his throat. Yep. So he can't swallow. Yep. And they tie a rope like a leash on him. And they catch And the he fish. goes and gets a fish and they reel in the bird and the bird gives him the fish. It's called the Chinese crested comorant. Do you, you just fucking Google that? No, I don't have a computer in front of me. <laughs> But listen, let's. I gotta back up. You gotta a little tell bit. everyone who I am. I'm trying, but you're whipped up today. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm happy to be in civilization. I'll be, well, let's let's just go back, and we're okay. gonna go where we are now. We got an hour. We're gonna do an hour. Okay. We started. Me and you. Oh, this is the deal. Me, Patrice, Billy Burr, Dane Cook. That's about it. I could say other guys that. 
but fuck them. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> um, no one likes Al anyway. Uh, come on, that's not who <laughs> oh, I <I'm> meant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was kidding. I didn't I forgot Aldo Benny. I love Al. <laughs> I so, kissed him right on the lips one time. So here we go. And you ran like a little girl. Hang on. Listen, let me uh, let me set this up. Excuse me. Very gassy. Yeah. This Medifast diet? Oh, God. See me? No gas. Weight Watchers. <laughs> so I... <laughs> so here, here's the deal. We... I, I, we're doing, we used to do shows all the time at the Kowloons, we, at the Knicks, and blah, blah, blah. out of nowhere, you come up. You show up. All of a sudden, you have your own night, and you come <laughs> back, like, you know, like, Joey and Eddie's back, and like, that, was, that, we were like, oh my God, who the fuck is Joey and Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you had your own night, and you're hosting, and all this stuff, and me and you became friends. Yeah. Me and you became pals. Uh, I don't, we just, just fucking, we needed each other at the time. We were drawn together. Well, you know, you used to fucking help me a lot. You used to teach me a lot. You would bring me on the road with you. You'd fucking help me with jokes. You'd help me with comedy. You'd help me with life. And you know, um, I'd get you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Well, you, I, you tried. I do you want, tried. I'm the time. only. I'm probably the only guy you could just like. Oh, here's some pussy and go. Oh, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Well, I, yeah. Well, the thing is, because you're a fucking, you're an old school guy. Well, I you're was an, also going through a horrible divorce. Ah, it wasn't that horrible. Fuck you. I'm it kidding. wasn't horrible. But the you, best thing that ever happened to let me. Let me ask you. That's what everybody says when they get divorced. <laughs> That's not an original statement. Dude, I just got divorced. The best thing ever. No one ever said, dude, I got divorced. The worst thing ever. I miss her so much, that cunt. Listen, you you came from New York City and L.A., though. You were in California. Yeah. yeah. What were you doing when you were there? What, what, what brought you from Boston all the way out to California? Which time? I did it a few times. When I met, when I met you, I had, just, I had moved back. Just you, because, just as a favor not, to my wife. That time when you had when you went out to L.A. originally. Originally, yeah. I went out there because I had some big management that was helping me out. Yeah, and I thought I was I was going to take L.A. by storm. I right. was like, this is going to be easy. Right. And then Twelve years later, I'm living in New Hampshire again. Wait a minute. No, <laughs> stop. <laughs> Let me fucking take you through it. All right. Don't, so, no, don't, I, hey, I no more out. time machining for you. All right. For, <laughs> right end of podcast. Bye. <laughs> for, for people who don't. It, it, normally, the way it works is you move to Los Angeles. You don't know anybody. You don't have anything. Yeah. You start going to one club at a time. You start meeting people. You get into a club. And maybe after a year, right. you, you, you settle into the clubs you like to work, the ones that will give you work. And you have it. I went out there. And in one week, this manager got me into every single club in Los Angeles. Really? In a week. No shit. Yeah. And, and he saw you how? They had a little pull. He, he actually came to Boston. Because they were, they, they remember the young comedian specials they used to do yeah. all over the country. And Dangerfield did a HBO bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sweeney was on one of them. Yeah. Yeah. They just actually showed it. They, they're still showing those things on, on HBO. And uh, so they were scouting a location at the time. Right. And uh, I was dating a stripper. <laughs> and, and should I, be the name of everybody's first CD. Yeah, I was dating this stripper. My brother ratted on me. My brother, who's like you know, my brother was like this playboy growing up. Told my mother, Joe's going out with a stripper. I said, hey, I'm not. My mother said, What's your girlfriend's name? I said, Autumn Blue. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, everyone's like, Where should we take him? 
and one of my the girl her friends came up and kissed me goodbye and the guy goes oh nice fringe benefits being a comedian i said ah oh, there are a couple of strippers from across the street and he goes right. really where and i took him to the naked eye in, in boston yeah in i remember combat that zone he was I, used in to, I used to date a girl that worked there oh did you yeah what was her name <laughs> no, I'm not doing I know that. who you went out with. You went out with Jazz. No. <laughs> was it Jazz? I forget her stage name. She was cool. Actually, the guy comes over. And I think goes, it was Dallas. This guy. <laughs> Wait, I think I knew her. No, no it know. wasn't the naked eye. I, I was worse than you. It was the glass slipper. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I, remember, I remember on the glass slipper, one of the girls' routine, because it was, you know, no, my girl did work at the Naked Eye. All her friends worked at the Glass Slipper. Because <laughs> I remember the strippers would the strippers would go over to the Glass Slipper after the, the Naked Eye strippers would go over to the Glass Slipper after for drinks because they had cheap drinks, yeah. and because all their fucking you know goofy friends that couldn't work at the Naked Eye would yeah. be there. Yeah. And I remember that one of the ladies' routines, she'd come down at the, like the last stripper of the night and she'd uh, dance take her clothes off she was like fucking 38 Mexican lady and she'd Windex the pole and the mirrors from all the pussy smudges but that was her routine that was her acting she made a lot of money dude yeah, yeah she made some the good janitor money. loved her oh, hold on a second oh Jesus Christ I'm getting a message from my ex-wife no, I'm oh, turn that off we're gonna get into that too I am turning it off let's go but uh but is do the you ship remember? leaving? First you, of all, I need to tell people that there's a ship literally down the street from my house that that dropped Joe off. Every yes. once in a while, I'll get a call from one of my best friends in the world. Um, where are you? I'm having coffee. I'm in your neighborhood because <laughs> some luxury cruise ship just dropped him off at the end of my street. Yes. So that's pretty convenient. Yeah, for and a friendship. The Queen Elizabeth. Right. Is that what you're on? The Queen, no, that's right next to the one I'm on. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're on the fucking ghetto Jamaican party boat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, I got off the ship without getting shipped. <laughs> it's like one of those buses that ride around <laughs> on a fucking tropical island. <laughs> yeah, 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 All right, so, so, trailer bark. <laughs> so you go to L.A., dude. You go to oh, L.A. Oh, wait, let me finish this stripper You're your stripper. Okay, well, do you remember the one that there, there was a, a stripper who used to be a guy? I, 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 in my life, there's a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, but she used, he used, but she was gorgeous. I don't remember. And she that. used to be a guy, and she used yeah. to say to guys, "I don't know why you don't want to fuck me. My tits are six. My pussy's only two. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I swear to God. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know how everyone knew that this one girl used to be a guy, and they'd go and look at her <laughs> pussy and be like, "My God, that's amazing." It was like a science project. Look at how good they did that. If you'd have to fucking lube it up with your spit and fucking Vaseline. Well, anyway, this guy, for those of you who aren't familiar with the yeah. combat zone of Boston. Yeah. Well, is, is gone, by he, the way. Yeah. He comes up to me and he goes, uh, hey, there was a guy getting a hand job in the corner over there. And I'm like, so? Yeah. And then later, this girl comes up to me, Jazz. Yeah. And she goes, and she's like, hey, Joey, how you doing? And she had to go cash out her tickets for all her drinks or something and the guy goes that's the girl that was giving the guy a hand job in the corner <laughs> so she comes back i go jazz were you just giving a guy a hand job in the corner she goes yeah son of a bitch almost got me arrested and this guy who was one of the biggest managers in la goes well i hope you washed your hands and she slapped him in the face she was like patting him on the face going don't worry about it honey and i'm like oh <laughs> fucking no. he fell in love of course he did he fucking went home and licked the side of his own face <laughs> Trying to get that man jizz. Yeah. So they, those are the guys I went out to L.A. 
to they were going to help me in L.A. That's why I moved there. So they were like, you got to get out here. We got you. Yeah, they were huge. I mean, but they were like, we got you. They yeah. were telling you, yeah. we got you. Yeah. And I, and and uh, the first day in L.A., I do my first set at the Improv in Los Angeles. I get off stage. Yeah. And I'm talking to the guy. And this other dude walks up and goes, hey, where is he? And he goes, oh, you just missed him. He just got off stage. Joe Yannetti. This is Jim McCauley. He books The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Right. I'm like, holy shit. Really? This is going to be easy. <laughs> and did you get The Tonight Show? No. Yeah. No. That was, that was it, well, I kind of blew it because this other lady convinced me that this big, huge company wasn't going to do much for me. And she would really spend a lot of time on me. And, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know what the fuck was going right. on. And I fell for it. And uh, I really blew it. <laughs> Why do you, how did you blow that, though? Because I signed with the chick instead of the big, huge agency. So that kind of sucked. They, they, you know, and then afterwards, I, when I found out, I sent the guy an apology letter like, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm really sorry. So you went with you, you <laughs> some lady, some lady, smaller lady. Yeah, yeah. Conned you into signing with her. Yeah. She was like, oh, you know, of, I'll spend so much time trying to get you working out. And she didn't. Dude, I didn't know how it worked. This fucking dude's secretary could do more for me than this other manager. God damn I'm it. I'm not dude. even exaggerating. Wow. That's probably the biggest mistake I had that. I've, made. I've had that, though. I was in L.A. when I was with you, yeah. when I was staying with you. And some ladies, some, I don't know what the fuck it was called. It was sport something agency. And they handled sports guy, but not like. They didn't have like, like you know, top sports. They had like a soccer ball boy. Well, they had a soccer player from like fucking San Diego. I don't know, right? And um, I met her. I met her for lunch, and she got me, and she almost got me, dude, because they cater to your ego, and they they really they they act like they you know you. It's like where you going? Okay, baby. All right, be good. Run an errand. Where the fuck is she going? the hell is she going? I don't know, but everybody thinks you just said goodbye to me. No, you're here. It's my wife. They know my wife. Well, you're just talking to me and you go, hey, where are you going? They know. I'm fucking leaving. She fucking, they hear her all the time in the background. They they know who my wife is. I yell at her all the time. There's a rule. She got me on this show. There's no no talking on the podcast and she'll fucking yap up anytime she fucking wants. Anytime she hears something, you know, one time, shut the fuck up. And the fucking fans like love her fucking yapping and interrupting me, which bugs me even more. But anyways. Um, it was just weird. She's all fucking ready. Was she blowing a fucking gym dude? She's all, she's going, she's running an errand. She's in gym outfit gear. Son of a bitch. Maybe she's running, literally running an errand. <sighs> Hopefully she's running, just running away. No, <laughs> 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 you're so fucking happy. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's, it's been tough. It's brother. been tough. I, can I tell you something? Uh, uh, you're going to tell me right now? Not like she, that your own wife doesn't listen to your podcast? I'm 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 not a, I'm not going to sit here and reveal crucial information about my wife's inside of my wife's vagina. Oh shit! I'm going to talk. Something wrong with your wife's saying, vagina? No, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, okay. that's the problem. I like I don't like perfect ones. I like ones that could give me AIDS and herpes. <laughs> I like running the risk. That's what gets my dick hard. <laughs> I need some fucked up pussy. Where are you from? I'm from Paramus. Here we go. <laughs> oh, you should come on the cruise with me, man. Uh, <laughs> There's thousands of them. Anyway, she she I quit. We quit smoking a month ago. Tomorrow. Fucking a. Yeah. Fucking. Oh my god. 
so we, you know, and then I, uh, last Wednesday I stopped eating shitty and I've been on this, uh, Medifast diet that I'm going to do for, I'm going to do it for 30 days. I'm going to try it and then I'll probably just go, probably go to Weight Watchers. And- Dude, it's amazing. Weight Watchers. <laughs> it's amazing. Lenny Clark lost over 200 pounds. I know. Look, he's I, got a fucking six pack. I know. I've seen him. He's, he's amazing. I know. He looks amazing. I so know. I'm doing it now to Weight Watchers. I, we stopped <laughs> promoting weight. I, didn't, I don't get a dime from them. I don't get anything from them either. Well, why? Do you get like that shit free? No, not yet. Not yet? But maybe someday. Medifast. I'm going to try. <laughs> I ain't doing I'm anything gonna, has the word fast in it. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try it for a month. Yeah, and I, I, you know, and I'm, I'm, it's, it's actually been, it's, it's so hard. I, I, I can't explain to people smoking when you quit smoking. One of the things that kills you, the first two days awful, first week is terrible. Then all of a sudden you're okay from it, but you realize there's certain times you smoke. Yeah, before I go on stage. Right when I get off stage. Right after I take a shower. Right when I'm done working out. When I'm stressed, when I'm happy, when I'm... It's, but there's... You know speci- what used to kill me? But there's specific times. Talking on the phone. Exactly. Doing this podcast. I used to smoke. I When I write, writing, I used to chain smoke when I oh, write. Oh, me too. I couldn't write for the first three weeks. I had shit do. I couldn't do it. I had to tell the guys, I'm sorry, but I can't seem... I had to leave the house Yeah. because I chain smoke. So you learn that stuff. And it kills you because you're thinking and you're smoking while you're thinking. Well, it's it's you've that's your break, that's your anxiety break, that's your disconnect from the world of stress and whatever fucking negative shit you're feeling. You disconnect from that with that cigarette at that moment. That little thing releases the high from the nicotine, but the movement also takes you away from it. It gives you some type of strength to get through that moment, to get on stage or to do the podcast or to continue writing. It just does. I don't know. And then to take that away, it's like, oh, you start realizing these moments. You need a hug. Not now, (laughs) but I do. I do need a hug, Joe. I do. I'm not going to lie. I do need a hug. But then doing this, I realized food is the same thing. There's moments where I'm like, I eat now. I, I need to eat. Yeah. When I sit down to watch a movie, I want food. When I sit at my computer, I, you know, and after I jerk off, I want food. After sex, I want food. When I feel sad, all of a sudden I feel lonely. Or if I get angry, I just want to go get a fucking pizza and yeah. chow. Yeah. And so this, this thing that I'm doing, you eat six of these little meals a day. Yeah. And then you have one regular meal a day with salad, vegetables, no fruit, and a, and a protein. It's killing me. It's it's fucking. It's like quitting smoking. It's like food is the same fucking thing for me as smoking. Yeah, but it's because because in your head, are we really gonna get into this? In your head, yeah. We this you podcast wanna, just goes where it goes. You want to <laughs> quit eating? Yeah. You want to quit eating? You're like fuck. I fucking hate food. Food has been so bad to me. <laughs> fuck food. It has. I don't want food. It's like that scene in that movie. Uh, what is it uh, when they have the the flower there? Oh, fuck. What's the movie with the orchid thief? And, he, and the guy goes, it, I, I never fucking touch fish again. Why? I was, I was, because fuck fish. There's, only, there's nothing better as a comic to see another comic floundering. Yeah, fuck. What's that movie? And I just stared at you. I didn't, <laughs> you know what it is. I, I didn't even try to help you. You're like the movie with the fish. And I'm just staring at you. And you kept going. The orchid thief. Isn't I, uh, it? Is I that no the name idea. of the book really, in the movie? Or is am, that the name of the movie? I have no idea. 
I have no idea, but your point, I get your point. It's is, the one where, where, where the dude plays him and his twin brother. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, you asshole? The guy who does all the devil movies. Anyway, <laughs> Al Pacino? No. 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 When he's the guy on the motorcycle, he's a skeleton. Nick Cage. Nicholas Cage Nicholas, plays him and his huh? twin brother. Huh? He's writing a screenplay. Don't remember. I don't know. Fucking, it's called like first draft or something. <laughs> you really are on boats because you've watched all the shittiest yeah, movies like, ever. I'll think what, of it as soon as you turn the fucking machine. What off. is it? <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> anyways, anyways, Joe, you know you have food addiction too, man. I know, I know, but you you've, know been, what helps? you've been up and down. Wait, up and, <laughs> you've been up and down. Anyways, I'm on this fucking diet, and it's real. First of all, Medifast is gassy. It's because it's all processed food. Yeah. I, it's unreal what my asshole's been doing. Like, it, it's <laughs> me and my wife got into a fight about it at Ikea. It's like, she's like done with it. Like, it was cute. Farts are cute. Farts are funny. I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm 40. Farts are fun. Not these ones. <laughs> Not these ones. <laughs> these ones are fucking insulting. <laughs> 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 They're fucking insulting. My, I mean, just awful. I ran away from one at, at Burlington Coat Factory yesterday. I farted. It felt like I shit my pants. That's how much gas came out of me. I, I ran away from it. I instinctually, my survival brain techniques. I ran. To I'm the, looking behind you. There's two bottles of Beano. Two yeah, bottles. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta take. I, I was it, it's very gassy, and I don't like that about it. I don't like You know what, gassy. though? I, I, I think I'm going to switch to Weight Watchers. I'm telling you honestly. I said to my Weight Watchers. I said to myself. Self? I'm going to lose this self. I turned 49 in August. What? Yeah. I'm kidding. And, and like... <laughs> And like a few months before that, I said, "Okay, I'm 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 like 285. Uh, right. I want to be under 250 yeah. by the time I'm 49. So I do a countdown every day, yeah. and I say it's my countdown to the number 249. Right. That's gay. So to to weigh 249 or uh, less by the time I'm 49. I fucking hate you. I had to lose <laughs> five pounds a month. I had to lose five pounds a month. That right. was easy. Right. I start going to the gym. And I'm losing the weight, and it's going great. It's yeah. easy because I only set such an easy goal. And then I can't remember what happened. I fucked up. At the end, on my 49th birthday, I weighed 291. You, I was like, fuck this. I lost like 15, 20 pounds, and then I gained it all back plus six pounds more. But uh, why? And I, Why? Because I, I got fucked up, and I let it get to me. I, like it's, business it's, was going bad, and... So I said, that's it. I went to my first Weight Watchers meeting. I yeah. was crying. I was like, I can't believe I'm one of these people. I can't control what I put in my own fucking mouth. But where do you go? To, you, you can't go to Weight Watchers meeting on the boat. No, no. Th th that was the biggest challenge because I, I started losing weight. I'm, I mean, I haven't <sighs> lost a lot of weight, but I've lost 14 pounds. Right. And I'm going to the fucking gym every day. And the thing with Weight Watchers, they teach you how to eat regular food. But here's the thing with Weight Watchers, and I've done it too, is that you don't have to go to the gym. They, it's ma losing weight is mathematic mathematics. Yeah, it's what you put in. Yeah, 
That's it. It's yeah. what you put in your fucking fat face. Yeah. If you put in more calories. If you count the calories, if you do the math. Yeah. And now they have an app that you take a picture of the food and it will tell you how many calories are in it. Get the fuck out of here. I swear to God. I, I got it on me. Holy shit. I got it on me. So you take a picture of a girl? You no, sorry. <laughs> You're over my limit. <laughs> yeah, it's 5,000 <laughs> calories for that fat pussy. Uh, it's called, yeah, it's called Meal Snap. And you take a picture of it, and it'll tell you. I mean, it's you know another good one I have is called Lose It. These apps that are cool because you can lose it. Actually, you put in your information, your weight, your height, your sex, blah 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 blah, and then it calculates what you are, how many, how then you tell it how many calories you want to lose, uh, how many pounds you want to lose in how many months, and it will tell you what you can eat for the day, how many calories you have the day. Wow. So it will say you have fifteen you have fifteen hundred calories for the day you can eat. And as you work out, you add that. So so in the morning you go, Okay, I had egg whites with ham. So you go on the app and it has all this shit. Yeah. Denny's, it has McDonald's, it has all Yeah. Weight Watchers has all that too. All that shit. So you click it and it adds it. And then you go for lunch and you click it and add it. And then if you walk for twenty minutes, put that in and it deducts. Yeah. So now you have more food. Yeah. And you keep doing this. And then when it says you're done for the day, and that's but you when know you're what? done. Weight Watchers broke it down. It's even easier. They have points, and they take they take uh, they don't even count calories. Right. They take protein, carbohydrates, fiber, yeah. and um, protein, carbohydrates, fiber, and what's the other thing? AIDS. Not calories. Jizz. No, no, stop that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fiber, protein. <laughs> Now I fought, Now I forgot two of them, but and then it gives you a certain. Do they have something of, for your memory? It gives These you are a two certain, things that you're fucking what, staring dude, blankly into tired. my face. You know, you get you come in on a ship, you got to sit there for two hours and wait for fucking immigration, and then they look at your passport, and go, okay, you can go. The really? fuck! I just stayed here all this time, so, so you can. Like, all right, anyway. So I'm exhausted, and I just drank like three cups of fucking tea, and I'm wired. <laughs> all right, so what but they I- give you point system. <laughs> they give you point system, right? And. Like fruit and vegetables, right. zero points. You can eat all you fucking want. Mm. And I'm at a meeting one time, and the lady goes, well, you know, do you really have to count this? And, you know, fruit and vegetables and this. And she looks at everyone in the meeting and goes, how many people are here because they ate too much fruit? <laughs> <laughs> I- but you look at you're allotted a certain amount of points a day, and it's much easier to keep track right. of that. So no, you, I've done you, it. You, yeah. you look at it and you go, wow, this is... Like you look at you go okay I can eat a bagel a what a bagel a what bagel am I saying that incorrectly <laughs> no, I, just, you, I like the way you say it I, I just so, I just like the way you say bagel. it bagel bagel like, I can eat a bagel with cream cheese oh yeah or I can eat all this fruit plus you know this yogurt and this thing and this thing and this thing and that right. thing and you go and it's the same points right so you go I don't want to waste those points and you can have anything you want. Right. There's no food that you cannot have. Right. Yeah. It's just you That's look at you, you go, I don't want to waste all my food, all my points on a Snickers bar. They teach you how to eat. Yeah. They just teach you how to eat the way we should eat. And this is another thing. I watched this um, this movie last night that it was good. It was, you know, it was a fat person movie. Uh, you know, those movies, those inspirational fat people movies. Yeah. Um, Shrek. <laughs> no. no that was but i know you're kidding but in a weird way brother that was a uh that wasn't insp- yeah it's like you could be happy with a fat green chick 
Yeah, you. <laughs> it was uh, called. Uh, honest to God, I wish I could. It was called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. If you're a fat guy, if you're really obese, if you're overweight, you get diabetes, or if you're you're a food addict, or you're just sad, lonely at night, stuffing fucking pizzas and Chinese food, and if you're throwing up in your sleep, waking up <laughs> no. and then swallowing it because it ah! because you're too lazy to go to the bathroom and puke. Weight Watchers. <laughs> Watch this movie. Fat, dumb, and happy. No fat. No, that's that's <laughs> that's our movie. Oh, what movie? Fat, sick, and nearly dead. It's on Netflix. It's fat, a document. Sick and nearly dead. That's a documentary, and it's a guy who said, "I'm who was, going on a cruise." Who was over? No, <laughs> he was overweight. He was really overweight. Um, he had a disease, a debilitating disease, skin disease. And he said, I don't get why when you're a kid, you can scrape your knee or cut yourself and on the outside of your body and it'll heal. It'll just heal itself. I don't understand why the inside of your body doesn't do the same thing. It does. And well, not with these, not with certain things. They give you pills and, yeah. you know, all, now they just give you pills and all this shit. He goes, I, I thought that, uh, you know, he wanted to go and lose weight and go on a juice fast for 60 days where all he did was uh, green juices all, all day for 60 days. And he did it. And then after that, he was going on a, um, a vegetable, fruit and bean diet where that's all he ate. You know, he could eat beans and stuff like that. He did it. And uh, he went through America across, he was in New York for the, and it was so funny, the first couple, the first week, he was just in bed. This guy's a millionaire, by the way. He has a lot of money. Oh, cool. All so right. don't, don't think that, you know. <laughs> well, he could he, buy a lot of beans. Well, he could, well, he could also, you know, take a couple of days off of work. Yeah. That's the problem with these fucking movies, <laughs> is that the average truck driver, the yeah. average fat fuck in Buffalo, yeah. you know, we can't take a, a week off. Yeah. We can't take three months off yeah. and just do this. We have to live life. We have to go and deal with the stresses of traffic and our boss and our fucking work and money and bills and blah, blah, blah. That's why we're fat fucks. Yeah. You are a millionaire that can take the fucking time off. That part sucked to me. Yeah. You know Dude, what I mean? If I could afford a trainer, I'd be in fucking tip top condition. If I could pay a guy to force me to go to the gym every day right. and inspire me and force me to do shit, I'd be, I'd be in great fucking shape. I know somebody who has a chef, and it costs $400 a week. That's it? Yeah, $400 a week, and they come and they cook all your food. We could split a chef. <laughs> You're on a boat. <laughs> uh, we'd have to live together. Um, anyways, Joe, there's so much I want to talk to you about, you cocksucker. Um, <laughs> We need to go. We need to go back. Okay, go ahead. We need to go back, and we're going to come back to this. Okay, we might do a couple podcasts. We right. might, I, what time do you have? So to that's leave? why I moved to LA. <laughs> I did Star Search. So wait a minute, you're in LA. Let's. I'm sorry for the fucking listeners because you know a lot of people are like no, keep talking about fat people stuff, <laughs> and the in shape listeners are like just what the fuck, go back to the showbiz shit, you fucking do fat heads. Yeah. So I go on Star Search. So you're in LA. You you fucking douche the managers, but you get on Star Search. Yeah. The, yeah, I don't. You know, I was talking to someone about this today. I don't ever remember auditioning. I know I did. Uh-huh. I remember doing the show though, because I beat Drew Carey. Right, and he was really. I guess I was. A, I guess I was a dick. Yeah, I don't remember saying this. He says I said it, and I believe him because right. I was kind of a punk back then. Yeah, he came out and I said, "Hey, nice suit to lose in." You said that to Drew Carey. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, and so that's why I was never on that show. <laughs> <laughs> But then a friend of mine, Mike Dugan, very funny guy, beat me on Star Search. And what did he say? He didn't say anything. He was like, see ya. Oh, really? So, 
No. But so, so you ha- did you so win I at all? It, did you win any? Well, I won. I won one with against Drew Carey. Yeah, and then I lost, and but that was in one day. That was all in one day. All in one day, you yeah. won and lost. Yeah, and, and you it, went home. Yeah, I have a friend of mine that won fucking nine of them. Oh, really? Oh, he thought he he was moving to L.A. Yeah, and he had to pack his shit up. <laughs> Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross bought like he brought like six months worth of luggage to L.A. and lost the first day. <laughs> fucking see ya, Keith Robinson. Keith Robinson was like on it every goddamn it, guy. Take it, three stars. That's what I deserve. And then fucking boo, fucking gone. But I don't know who it was, but there was a comedian that used to do a joke. He used to say, "I'm not going to go on Star Search and be judged by Pia Zadora." And then he got on Star Search, and one of the judges was Pia Zadora. Oh, God. (laughs) Best line ever in a movie. What? I had to fuck my way to the top. (laughs) Pia Zadora, remember that? No. That's a great line. In that one movie she did. Yeah. She gets up at the end. She's winning, and finally makes it. And she gets up and says, I had to fuck my way to the top. (laughs) That's right. You sure did, Pia. (laughs) You cute little muffin. I was fucking suck this cock. (laughs) Her husband bought a casino so she could work there. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. Goddamn women. <laughs> Goddamn women. I and know. I can't believe that. Speaking of women, now you're in L.A. Oh, so I'm in L.A. You're in L.A. What? What? Now you're in L.A. What kept you there, dude? What kept you there? And what a brought dream. you back? I had a dream. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm serious. Though. All right. All right. Yeah. I did. I had a dream, you know. And I was like, I'm going to be a fucking star. I looked. I used to look at these hundred million dollar yachts, going, "That's going to be so nice when I get there." Really? Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah. And then. But, you know, I, I probably would have done better if I just stayed there. You know, but, you know, I grew up in East Boston. My father believed if he could make $100 a week, he'd be rich. You know, so I'm working on the road in the 80s, and someone offers you $2,500 a week. Right. I was like, fucking A. I'm not going to stay in Los Angeles and be poor when I can make that kind of money. Yeah. That, that was really good money. Yeah, you, you, we're all white trash, dude. Yeah. We're so, all, we all have that white trash disease where it's like, oh, my God, fucking. Not wow. only that, I had never really gone anywhere. Right. So now all of a sudden I'm working in Hawaii. I'm working all over the United States. I'm getting to see all these cool Free places. And meet, yeah. And back then it wasn't like HBO and all that stuff wasn't as big. So when you went to these different parts of the country, they were very different. You know, now everybody's watching the same thing on TV. Everybody's eating the same foods. You know, there's not as big a difference as there was back then. It was really cool to go to these different places. Right, yeah. I mean, back then, there wasn't pizza in the middle of the country. Yeah, no Calif- shit. Yeah, California didn't have pizza. Yeah. You know, California had different... F- you're, that's interesting, man. Yeah, all these places had... You had to go there to get that shit. Now they just ship it out. Yeah. They open up a chain here. Yeah, because, you know, you have Domino's in Boston. You have Domino's in Louisiana. It's yeah. the same fucking pizza. Right, yeah. Back then, you know, there were Santarpios and then some fucking guy who was in the witness protection program that <laughs> yeah. thought he could make the same pizza in fucking Pomona, but right. the water's different. Right. I mean, well, you know, the pizza in uh, the place in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Whatever. There's a pizza place in Beverly Hills that was opened by the broad who uh, was in Raging Bull, the blonde I'm bitch. I'm just like, I got to lose weight. I got to lose weight. Now it's like, you know, the best pizza in California. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Well, it's in Beverly Hills. I forget the name, but they ship water in from uh, yeah. from New York City. Yeah. Because the L.A. water is different and it makes the pizza shittier. Yeah. So yeah. they actually when they ship make the dough. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, so you're in L.A. But anyway, so... Here's my question for you, though. Okay. 
You're in L.A. with a dream, yeah. like all of us. Yeah. And then you're married at the time. Yeah. She's out there with you. Yeah. And you, and this is, I don't know if this is true. You were supposed to do Johnny Carson the last week he was on? Last month. The last, last month. month. Yeah. And, and. Well, I was doing a lot of TV. Like I wasn't doing. What were you on? I wasn't. Well, back then when they were doing Evening at the Improv and Caroline's Comedy Hour. Right. All these different TV shows that were like on A&E and all these different networks. Right. And Showtime. And I did like three dozen TV shows. Wow. Now, maybe even more. So you were on I'm, TV all the fucking time. Yeah. My intro, when people say, what's your intro? I'd say, this next guy's done every TV show except ones that will help his career. <laughs> <laughs> but then the guy from The Tonight Show sees me. Right. And I start working with him on a set. And back then, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, you did seven minutes. But they wanted to, like Carson wanted to discover a comedian. He didn't want you to come on and do one spot. They wanted to know that you could do three spots. So that's 21 minutes right. of clean killer. television, killer material, three opening jokes, three closing jokes, and, yeah. and, really, like, and it had to be really good. Yeah. And they wouldn't put you on once unless they knew you could do it three times. Right. I guess. I mean, that was my experience. I don't know if it was different for anybody else, but... And so I finally had a set, and I was at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. And Leno, I was working with Leno on a Sunday night, and he goes, hey, congratulations, you're doing the show next week. And I didn't even know they had put me on. Really? Who, it, how, yeah. Who, who, well, because Macaulay, the guy who booked it at the time, told me I would do it, like, you'll do it so next you knew, month. So you knew Leno. You were friendly with Leno. Yeah, yeah. But, not, you know, we worked together. He used to do every Sunday at the Comedy and Magic Club. Still does. I think he does Mondays now. Like I said, Mondays. Yeah. But he used to do Sundays. He used to do like two shows on a Sunday night. Okay. And, uh, and he was always practicing. But this was before he was the host of The Tonight Show. He was just the permanent guest host at the right, time, yeah. I think. Yeah. And he's the one that told me. And then on the following, like they had Mondays off because Carson didn't work on Mondays by that point. Mm -hmm. And I had to fly to New Jersey uh -huh. on Tuesday and... But I called and left a message from Macaulay saying, you know, I heard I'm supposed to be on the show next week. And he called me up and he was like, I had you up on the board, but I had to take you off because so many people want to do the show one last time. Oh, and man. I got to put Cosby on. Oh, my God. And I can't put two comics on the same you night. You got bumped by Cosby. My hero. Well. I, f I love Bill Cosby. If you had did that show, do you think it would have made a difference? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. So if you did that Tonight Show that last month, yeah. you think it would have changed things? Well, I would have been able to say that I was on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And that, that, that and was like a stamp on your forehead. Like still now is. you're a bona fide comedian. Yeah, it still is. No. Yeah. Still but, fucking is. Yeah, but now they have you do four and a half minutes. And if they go to a club and see you do four and a half minutes that they want on the show, they give you the show. Yeah, they give the show away. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, Leno and Letterman are still a stamp, but it doesn't really do that much for your career. No. It's more, back then, you did The Tonight Show. You, you made money. You, were, you, had oh, an yeah. you had an opportunity. Yeah. You don't really have an opportunity, uh, you know, from doing it now. Well, back then, people knew. If you got on The Tonight Show, because to have 21 minutes, three separate sets... You probably had to have at least an hour and a half of good material. Mm -hmm. And the club owners knew that. 
Yeah. And if you call up a club owner and go, hey, I'm going to be on The Tonight Show. And you're going to promote the and club. And if you book me at your club for a week, I'll, we'll plug it. On the show. Yeah. And, and you would get, a, like, your price would go up instantly because right. yeah. you were going to do that. Well, yeah. Now, you don't, yeah. you call someone up and go, I did David Letterman show. You don't make a fucking penny more. Yeah. And, well, I know guys have done it, to, you know, six times. Yeah. And nothing. Yeah. It does nothing. Yeah. It's so saturated now, this comedy business. There's so many clubs. There's so many talk shows on, too. Back then, there was Carson and Letterman. Well, you know, when I was, when I was coming up, TV was bad for a comedian. I mean, it was good to get on television, but it was only a means to promote your, your live, live appearance. Right. And to watch someone on TV, you, you would watch them do a short set, yeah. and it was a, a horrible medium. Because a lot of people don't know. And, you know... If you've never been, go to a live comedy show. It is a completely different experience than watching a guy do an hour on HBO. I'm not that. I, I don't think I don't consider myself that good on TV. There's something that I think TV is uh, an equalizer. I think it takes great performances and makes it good and takes yeah. shit performances and makes them good. Yeah. I think it really, you know, it kind of evens the playing. You know, joke writers, I think, are great on TV. Yeah. Guys who go up there and tell set up punch tag. Yeah. Those guys do really well on TV yeah. because it's very short and, you know, f you know, like four minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half hour, boom, 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 boom with commercials. So it breaks them up. But when you go see, I don't, I don't, when you, when you go live and see a joke guy, it's I, after 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'm like, I get it. I know yeah. where he's going with everything right now. Yeah. I know nothing is real. It's all a lie, and it's just for the joke. Yeah. But when you go and see a storyteller, a real comedian, who goes up and takes his life yeah. and puts it, exaggerates the truth and adds punchlines and tags into that, yeah. I'll listen all fucking day. Because yeah. there's some honesty behind it. I can relate to it. It's yeah. a story. It has a beginning, middle, end. There's, yeah. And it's you know be funny. something about the guy when he's done. Personally, yeah. I think that. You know, yeah. That's why I get, I get angry with people who be more funny on Twitter. I don't, I'm not funny on Twitter. I'm funny as a comedian, a stand-up comic. I've been doing that for 20 years. I use these things to come see me be funny. Yeah. If, you don't, if you come to my show and you don't think I'm funny, okay, God bless you. God, yeah. God bless you. Then, I, all right, cool. I'm a fucking, I stink. Yeah. I fucking stink. But don't, these people, 140 characters. It's like, really, <laughs> if you're funny in 140 characters, you're not funny in life. You're boring. Yeah. But well, because they can spend all that time doing that. Yeah. But, well, you know, my friend Barry Nykrug, there's a guy. No, don't be racist. <laughs> Seriously, not on this podcast, Joe. Barry, what's his last name? Nykrug. Hey. 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 Barry, really funny guy. But he watched me do a set one time, and it, it's my he, favorite description <laughs> of what I do. And he quit comedy. And, no, he, <laughs> he, said, he said, you know, watching you, it's like you put your arm around the audience. You do. And, and I love that, that description of what I do. You know what's weird? <clears throat> I don't want to get back to this because you didn't get on the show. Yeah. And then you had to. I'm, I honestly believe I'm still not over that. Really? Yeah. That was a long time ago, man. I mean, it's a tough thing to get over, man. I mean, that's so close to something that that's like almost women winning a purple heart. Yeah. The only consolation you know I, mean? I have is that winning a purple heart. Oh, not winning, but it's, getting. It's the, only con the only consolation I have is I know that I was good enough to get on. 
That's like you know, like I yeah, I, right. I had like like okay. Let that's me take it. that. Can I take set. that analogy back? Sure. Because it had nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I just wanted. to I say, understand what you meant. I, I it's just like wanted you to say had to get hurt to do it. But purple heart. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like being a uh, an alternate. In, you know, for the Olympics or in a play, yeah. knowing that you could do this part. If this cocksucker just gets sick <laughs> one night, I can go out there and sing my ass off <laughs> in Greece. You I wish I mean? they could have seen the motion you just made to do that. Well, I just, I look like the lead singer of Creed in any video he made. <laughs> Arms wide open. But uh, anyways, but then you got a gig writing for Rosie O'Donnell. Well, that was, that was way show. later. Way later. Way How many later. years later? Oh, I, well, I had I had moved back to Boston already by then. I didn't know that. So you 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 moved back from L.A. Well, after after Carson and all that, I stayed in L.A. for a lot longer. But you got a funny story about your manager too. You had a great manager that never called you or something. Your agent that just never called you again. <laughs> oh, that oh man, that yeah that well Jim McCauley, yeah, the guy who booked the Tonight Show. He he passed away a while ago. I called him up. And I said, you have seen more people go from nobody to superstardom. And I don't know what we call you, that z- zero, zero to, to hero. hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I, I said, I said, I don't know what you saw in me that you want to put me on the show. But what do I do? And he said, one of the things he said to me he goes, you know, you have something very valuable. You have a, an act that nobody can steal. Mm. He said, because it's just you and you need a manager. Mm-hmm. And he got me this guy. His name was Herb Nanus. I don't, you know what? I haven't been able to remember that guy's name in years, <laughs> but something about being able to say his name on a forum where everyone's going to hear what a dick he was makes right. me remember who he is. <laughs> but they were like, Herb you're, Nanus. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you're in now. You're, you're family. They right. came to see me. Yeah. I, I walked off stage. The guy literally went, you're a fucking star. Right. And I was like, oh. oh my God, I've been waiting so long for someone to say that. And he was, dude, we, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And we, and people have, and people say it, yeah. but you, but you can't trust it anymore. My yeah. wife says, baby, you're, I'm like, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> you don't fucking, how, what do you know? You're not in the business. Yeah. God, so, that's so, so beautiful, man. So he goes, you're a star. This thing you're doing, you can do this, you can do that. And they said, we're going to take care of you. We got to get you an agent. Uh-huh. And then they were going to get me this agency and they wanted me to go with APA. But um, I can't remember the guy's name who was running APA at the time. He's the guy that discovered Steve Martin. Right. And, and, you know, we got this set up. We got this showcase. Ah, oh, his wife got sick. Okay. Well, we're going to get this other agent's going to see you. And that agent loved me. He goes, yeah, but we don't want to sign with them. We want APA. And then they bring this other agency. And they go, oh, they love you, but we don't want them. We're going to go with this other and then, okay, APA's coming out. Ah, that guy's sick, too. And they, damn. And then they, they, so they don't come. And all these other agencies came to see me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm on my way. I mean, I'm working the road, and I come home, and they have the... And then, finally, APA's coming out. And it's at the... the uh, what's, what is it? Laugh Factory. L, the Laugh Factory. Jamie Masada. Hi, buddy. Yeah. APA here, buddy. Yeah. You do good tonight, buddy. You family, buddy. Yeah. Well, I go in, <laughs> and... Um, I, I don't know if it was Witherspoon or one of those guys, be, right before I got there, mm-hmm. had almost had a fight with a guy in the audience. Wow. And APA's waiting for me to go on. Was it a fight or was it just sound effect fight? No, I think it was a real fight. <laughs> 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 
Ow! <laughs> I don't know what the situation was, but no, but that's not with happened. Happened. I, I'm thinking the guy from. I know who I'm you're sorry. thinking, Michael Winslow. <laughs> I stink. I just did sound effects for nothing. I fucking shit. If you guys literally, you should just shut off this podcast right now. No, don't. It's my only chance. All right, go ahead. So anyway, um, you are a star, Weight Joe. Watchers. I'm sorry. I'm required to say that every ten minutes. Fuck you, so, dude. I want the fucking money for that. Go ahead. So. So Fleischer comes in Charles Fleischer comes in The guy who's the voice of Roger Rabbit Crazy And Jeez. Fleischer's like Hey do you mind if I go on next Because oh. my wife is really sick And I go, I go Charles You don't have to make up a fucking story I go You, you know you're gonna get on whenever you want Right What an ass He goes on And I'm does kidding. like 45 fucking minutes God damn it So now It's so late This age has been waiting for so long Almost all the audience leaves mm-hmm. I go up And I don't have a very good set because it's just, and I'm not, I'm, you know, well, obviously the agency decides no, you know, and I swear to God, this guy that I talk to this management company every fucking day for months waiting for this one agency to come out and see me, this one guy at this agency mm-hmm. and they turn me down mm-hmm. and these motherfuckers never Picked up the phone again. Ever. Ever. Ever to this day. Never had one more conversation with them. Jesus. Nothing. Just like, wow. fuck you. Goodbye. And then I called all these other agencies that wanted to sign me. No. And they're like, no. It's weird. What huh? happened with Herb Nanis? I'm like, I don't fucking know. He won't talk to me. Mm. And and that was it. And then that wow. that agent died like a week later. The one that didn't want you. Yeah. So anytime an agency turns me down, I tell them, the last agent turned me down is fucking dead now. <laughs> it's, that's fucking, dude. <laughs> it's a happy that's, story. It's one it? of the saddest. <laughs> it's m- one of the fucking saddest things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. But then. But then what? My wife. My <laughs> then you should have killed yourself. My wife went. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. It's just. But this, I, is, this is the thing is that I've had those too, dude. Yeah. I've in that same place. Yeah. I remember I did a I did a showcase there, I, my first time in L.A. I flew in for a Barry Cat showcase at the Laugh Factory, and I was so nervous, man, so fucking nervous. And I'm in the back room. I remember Jay Moore walked in. He goes, "What are you doing? What the fuck's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "What? I'm going over my list. It's a five minute showcase set, yeah. right?" He goes, "You're a stand up comic." I see you. I see you in New York killing it all. You go on the road. You make your living doing this, and you're fucking panicking about five minutes. <laughs> you fucking pussy. He goes, stop it. And I was like, that helped me. It helped me out later, not that night. Actually, <laughs> that speech actually fucking ruined me for that night because now I'm, I'm being torn apart by two different fucking sides in my brain, and I bombed, dude. I fucking bombed. Yeah. Oh, God, man. And nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody had. And I look around and there's so, all the other comics, groups of people around them just smiling. These white people, these guys, these white Jewish guys with blue shirts and black suits and blue <laughs> ties. And these white women with their hair in a ponytail and, 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 and expensive shoes. And you're looking at them like, oh, my God, who are these white people of show business? <laughs> And they're all, and nobody, dude, by myself in front of Greenblatt, smoking a butt, 
Just and that's happened to me twice out there. I did that twice. And the last time I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not showcasing for people anymore. Yeah. I'm not fucking you either know me or you don't. You're either a fan or you don't. And that's the point where they go, These this is where you went wrong. We think we somehow give the reins over of the boss yeah. to them. Yeah. At one point when they're like, No, 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 those aren't the guys we want. No, no, no. Those are the guys Bobby wants. Yeah. No, fuck you. I don't care about APA had their shot. These people like me. I like these people. Yeah. That's who we're going with. And everything that would have... That was the decisions in life that you get to make. Yeah. And whether you let somebody make them for you, uh, and you, you know, is, is that's when you have to ball up and take a risk and go, I should have I just went with them. Yeah. Yeah, I should. And I've had those before, too, where it's like I should have fucking. I should have just said, you know what? I'm leaving you. I don't want you to be my manager anymore. I'm done. Or I don't know. It didn't work out. I'm going with this guy. Or No, this is my people. I've just I've been told what to do because they, they fill you with this glorious dream. And these you're a star. You yeah. can act. You act. Most comics can't act. You can act. How many times yeah. have you heard that shit? Yeah, yeah. Right? And then you do, you know, you get all this stuff in your head and you don't know how to make a decision for yourself. Well, I'll tell you, all these, all these, all these bumps in the road have, have turned me into a person I really like, actually. Bumps. Like, like uh, oh, yeah, man. I've Fucking, so I call them sinkholes. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I, compared to, like, a woman taking my child away. Right. Not getting an agent. Oh, come on. Oh, give me a fucking oh, Jesus, break, you know? Joe. Come on. No, know. I'm serious. You know? And and even that worked out, because now my daughter lives with me. <laughs> and guess what? I get child support. <laughs> I love you're, that. You're gay. No, I'm not gay. That's gay. Dude, she, I told Listen her. Listen to me. I told so her. Amanda get child support is gay. No, I I'm said. Kidding. I'm kidding. This is a fucking comedy <laughs> podcast, you fucking this yeah. is an npr oh yeah you're the one who's telling you oh, so now these people you make your the, the, fuck you you, you got serious touché, too touché. So, <laughs> but no this is i i told my my daughter came to live with me yeah and uh and i told my ex-wife i said look just sign a paper that i don't owe you any child support and i don't want anything from you just right. leave me the fuck alone. Right. And, don't, and she don't, goes, oh, well, we're going to get a few things straight. I go, Before you get into this, please, yeah. be careful with what you say on this podcast, because this does go out, and I don't want this podcast to be in a courtroom in Derry, New Hampshire. Oh, how funny would that be? Look, can we, can we... No, it's already done. I know, but can we be very careful with this? Yeah, but she pays, I don't, she pays so much in child support, she can't afford a computer. So. I don't... Joe, Joe, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. That's a joke. He's kidding. Oh, God, dude. Listen. Dude, you know what a fucking victory... You were there when it all came down and how rotten this woman treated me let's let's fast forward to and the I first all for out. the first woman that okay. treated you rotten all right <laughs> i was there for two of them yeah i know i know um son of a bitch um but maybe it's you that's yeah, me it's fucking me it's <laughs> hey me. i tried to hook you up with marlene all right let me let me tell you this she's one a story. fucking sweet person let I, me tell you this one story this is this is this is how good a friend bobby kelly is yep i meet this gorgeous woman we're having a blast she's really funny and we're going to get married. And I say to Bobby, I'm going to teach her how to do stand-up. <sighs> and in the blink of an eye, he goes, you fucking deserve everything you get. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you do. You and I, I got it. You I, got it. You, you, you saw into the future. Yeah, dude. You don't teach a chick the fuck. You, get, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> we were funny together. Shut up. Anyway, I've never back seen to it. Los Angeles. I've never seen it, and I'm glad. All right. You know who's funny to me? You. Thank you. You're funny. I am. And I'm not saying that she's yeah, not see, funny. Th- this is the difference. Oh, you two aren't funny together? I've never seen, and fuck Lucille Ball, too, and Ricky. <laughs> fuck her. I don't think she's funny. <laughs> not, not anymore. But the, the, this is the thing. What? I, I, my act is much funnier than my, what I than had, my, what I had together with this woman. I thought you were going to say my act. <laughs> no, no, my act on my own is much funnier. Because but what I had with her, right. the morons in L.A. would have given me a show. Well, here's the thing: the moron—that's one thing that you got to stop doing. What? Calling them morons. Why? Because they don't like that, Joe. But they're fucking morons. Stop it, Joe. <laughs> they're not morons. They're yes, business they people. This is the one thing I learned about they're Joe. They're business people? This is what m- other business, if 90% of what you did failed, would, would keep your job? Listen. Okay, go ahead. Because that, what if that 1% made millions of dollars? You know what? If someone came up to me and said, yeah. hey, look, we don't know if this is going to work, but we want to give you a shot. I would have so much respect for that person if they went, look, it might be a hit. Yeah. You might never be put on television. Right. Oh, thank you very much for being honest. They go, you're going to be fucking huge. This is going to be the greatest show. No one has ever done this with a fat guy and a skinny chick. Wait till it gets on the air. Right. And then nothing happens and they go, wow, you fucked that up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I've learned about the business is this. It is. It's a business. That's it. And people are into making money. Period. Period. That's, That's it. it. That's that it. That is fucking but it. I th- but I think there are certain places that in that, in, in, in somewhere in there, they want really good shit. I think USA Network. Oh. I think they put on, they tr- really try to put on original shows. Yeah. Unlike the networks that just... Bring back fucking shows that were successful years ago. Yeah, but you know what's doing? Charlie's Angels. It's scaring the shit out of the morons. The Charlie's Angels is coming back. Exactly. But I think FX is one of those channels that puts on original programming. That's right. Um, But here's the thing. I believe there's people that are so loyal to the shows on FX, and they don't even know that that show's on FX. But here's the thing. I'm serious. They'll watch a show, and you go, what network is it on? They go, oh. I don't know. It's FX is but FX is that the, the the head of XF gave two speeches, one at Louis premiere uh, a year ago and one at Rescue Me's final show that I went to. Fucking just inspirational. Yeah. I mean like holy shit. Yeah. This guy, the head of a network is and I know he's it's Hollywood and speeches and all that, but it was truly inspirational how they approach shows. And if you look at their shows, Rescue Me, uh The Shield, uh, uh, you know, Louis, Sons of Anarchy, Justified, Always Sunny. Wilfred. They're all original, holy shit, wow shows. Yeah. And so there are some places out there, but it is about money. Even the thing, you know, I know that you can, you have something, it's like, okay, this is great. It's funny. And I've been told this. It's great. It's funny. It's really good, but we can't sell it. If we can't sell it, if the people in this department, I like it. But if the, the, the sales department head guy who is very important to the company, if he can't sell it, yeah. we can't 
pay for it. We yeah. can't make it yeah. because if we can, it's great. Fuck it. So you have to make it sellable. Yeah. You have to make it so that guy in that department can go. Even the book we're doing, we have to meet with the sales department because they have to come up with a strategy that we all agree with so they can sell this book. It's all about the fucking money. Yeah. And it works that way even in the cruise industry. Right. You know, I've been working cruise ships. He's talking for about years. ships, not fucking gay cruising in Boston. No. They're Jacques. <laughs> no, they, 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 the cruise ships. You know, you look and you go, what the fuck? Why are they putting that on the ship? And you go to the head of entertainment, the head of entertainment. And he goes, it has nothing to do with me. I go, what do you mean? You're the head of entertainment. They go, no, the marketing department makes the call. Really? Because they know if we use this brand, we can sell it in this way. But now the other thing that's happening, and it's the, I mean, I've been working cruise ships for a long time now. The, the, and it's a great living, and I get to travel around the world, and I love being a stand-up. I never, I've never wanted to do anything but be a stand-up comedian. I don't give a fuck about being on a sitcom. I don't give a shit about being uh, 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 in movies. I want to do stand-up comedy. That's right. all I want to do. Right. You have to do the other stuff. If it came along, I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> I, of course. But the only reason why... Hey, you want 30000 a week, Joe, to be on TV? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden I can put my kid through college. Right. So, which, join the Air Force, please. Anyway. Those subliminals of your kid. Yeah. Yeah. She'll listen to this whole fucking thing, and that's the only thing she'll remember. <laughs> well, you can say that about me, Dad. Anyway. I hope she joins the Marines. Oh, dude, my kid, I have a fire pit in my backyard. And my kid, I'm going to work. My daughter says, Dad, can I have a few friends over and have a fire in the yard? Yeah, sure. And I can't even believe I said that. Yeah, sure, light a fucking fire. <laughs> She's 16 years old. So I'm getting ready to go to work. I was supposed to be home, and I got a gig. Mm -hmm. And all these kids start showing up in my house. I go, how many kids are you having over? I don't know, 30. 30? 30 fucking kids Jesus at the house. So now... That's a festival. Yeah. So I come home next day. How was your party? Great. Anything go wrong? No. Everything's fine? Yeah. My landlord calls me up the next day. You know the police were at your house? Why? The police were at my house. Some kids were lighting their clothes on fire in the middle of the street. Uh, uh. Then the fire department had to come and put it out, and then the police were at the house. And I go, Rose, did something happen? No. What do you mean, No. Nothing happened, Dad. The police were here. Oh, yeah, but nothing happened. No, you don't understand. That's what happened. When the police and the fire department at the house, something happened. And, but she didn't do anything wrong. It was actually a, a kid who was being a punk, and she threw him out of the fucking party. Right. So he went outside and lit his shirt on fire. Little prick. Wow, well, just fucking angry. Too bad he wasn't in it. <laughs> yeah. I, so, so anyway, anyways, I want to go back to. Oh, so this is this is my thing is right. with the cruise industry and now with television with all these networks. Yeah. You know, it used to be you know when there were only a few networks, uh -huh. people had to watch those networks. Now uh -huh. there's competition. Mm -hmm. The cruise industry, they were just making money hand over fist because everyone was taking cruises. Now that the economy isn't what it used to be, mm -hmm. now they're actually competing with each other. Because there's only a certain amount of people that are going to take a cruise now. Mm -hmm. So now they have to be more creative. And right. all the fucking morons are starting to lose their jobs. Because they're like, why are we paying you? You know? And, and instead of just, oh, being order takers. When I learned how to be a salesman, it's just an order taker. People are just going to show up. Now you actually have to sell something. 
So with networks like FX, all these other networks, USA. yeah, ne- FX, USA, and some mm-hmm. of the sh- like on Showtime, the Borgias is one of the best fucking things I've ever seen in my life. Right. You know, so the the, the actual creative people are, are starting to get what they deserve hmm. instead of just some fucking on idiot TV. that used to be a secretary. On t- TV has changed with all that, too, because now, especially with the with the strike with movies and they're not they're not making movies like they used to make them anymore. And now a lot of actors who this is what kind of sucks. And I've talked about this before, is that the guys back in the day, you're a, you're a film actor or you're a TV star. No. You didn't mix the two. And TV people made a lot of money because you were on every week for 23 episodes. Yeah. So you made a shitload of cash. And that became, you know, especially with Seinfeld and Romano and all those, those guys started making millions. And, you know, when you faded out back in the day, when, you're, when your bubble was popped in movies or your bubble was popped, your star fell in TV, you were gone. Yeah. But now with TV, movie actors who have aren't on fucking TV anymore, yeah. who are done with their film, I mean, aren't on film anymore, their film careers are over, just go right to TV now and get starring roles and, yeah. you know, like look, Chris O'Donnell, he was finished. He was huge for a minute. Career done. Back in the day, you were gone. Yeah. Now he went right to TV. Yeah. Now he's on TV. He's on Law and Order uh, or whatever it is, fucking SCVU, fucking SCI, <laughs> CIA, fucking LA. Yeah. And he's fucking making $80,000, $200,000 an episode. He's a millionaire again on TV. Those jobs used to go to actors yeah. and they would become stars and then go to movies yeah. and then fizzle out. Now it's just a cycle of these. And yeah. with reality shows now, now they'll take washed up stars oh, geez. and throw them. Now they're stars again, yeah. but not, they'll never be where they were, but they're making. Because they were drug addicts. They're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Exactly, being in rehabs and just yeah. being dickheads. Yeah, and then someone pays them forty grand to come to a fucking birthday party. It's crazy. It's it's a fucked up business. Yeah, but a lot of it too is that the stuff they're writing for television is of such high quality that these major stars who aren't hurting are yeah. going on TV just because it's such a good fucking role. That's true too. That's a great point. Yeah, a lot of they have a lot of good shit on TV now. Back in the yeah. day, they had a lot of shit. Yeah, fucking amazing shows. But you go real quick. I mean, we got to wrap this up soon, but okay. you um you go back to you go back from LA. Well, I you went moved back I went and sold cars. My wife wanted to have a baby. In LA. Yeah. My so you, my wife wanted to have a so baby. So it was going it was let me just say this. And it, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It was going bad. No, no. It Why'd was you actually sell cars? going good. Why would you sell cars, though? Because uh, my wife wanted to have... I didn't want to have a kid because I knew I had That's to be on to the say. road. Is your kid I'm, listening to she this? She knows. I've spoken to okay. her. I love my daughter dearly. Join the More Air than Force. anything in the world. Yeah, join the Air Force. <laughs> yeah, Weight Watchers. <laughs> but but uh, I wish I'd join the Air Force. I wouldn't need Weight Watchers. All right. You but anyway, I, I, I didn't want to deprive my wife of the joy of having a child. And I bought her this book. When she got pregnant, I bought her this book about... How to meet a black man at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That would have been so much better. And uh, so I read this book of what a woman's body goes through when she's pregnant. And I didn't want to miss it. It was like this awesome, like, science thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went and got a job selling cars so I would be there. So I wouldn't be on the road. I would be there Mm -hmm. through the whole pregnancy and the birth and everything. I get you. 
And these crazy things used to happen while I was at the car dealership. It was this amazing world. I mean, I was devastated. Like, I couldn't believe that I had to go do that, you know? I was, you, doing, I was doing a lot of TV shows, and I was progressing, but I wasn't making that much money right. unless I was on the road. Well, you were, you, you, this is what you, was happening. You went up. And you came down on the roller coaster. You were in one of the down things, and you going up. Yeah. And then you know it's like the middle of the roller coaster isn't the highest one or the the last. Yeah. Bu- it's those little ones that kind of yeah. give you a little break. Yeah, and that's where you, you were at in your career. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I I I went from a showroom in Atlantic City. I was working in a in a production show in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. I left there, and the next week I was in a showroom at a Jeep dealership in Torrance, California, selling cars. Yeah, the next week, used cars. No, new and used. New and used. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, Jeep, Chrysler, Plymouth. Right. Okay. So my daughter was born, and shortly afterward, my, my, my wife never had a problem being alone when I was on the road, but once my daughter was born, she was getting scared, so I moved back to Boston. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was so difficult, like a defeat, you know? And, and, and one, then Rosie O'Donnell called. You? Yeah. And they, they said, we want you to open for Rosie. And... I'll tell you, she was so wonderful to me. I was in such a hole after, you know, not doing stand-up for a while, which was devastating. And then moving across the country. Because you had a kid. Yeah. And, and your wife daughter. was like, fuck this. Yeah. I had nothing. I was selling air freight for my cousin and doing stand-up at night in New England. <clears throat> and I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm, no, I'm a fucking comedian. And I'm not going to do anything else but be a comedian from now on. Right. Fuck this. And like the next day. Rosie O'Donnell's manager called. And all of a sudden, I'm working at Radio City Music Hall on New Year's Eve. I'm doing the Kennedy Center in D.C. We're doing all these awesome theaters. We did, um, what's the theater in the round out in Long Island? Uh, West 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 Bay Music Fair, which is the greatest gig, man. It's awesome. I've done it. Yeah, so, so Rosie O'Donnell... Pulled me out of a fucking hole. Uh-huh. And then she hired me to write on her TV show. It was when she just got the TV show. Right. She asked me to be a writer. And then I was the first person fired. Why were you fired? <laughs> uh, because I, like, disagreed with... I, I didn't even disagree. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Want some water? I came up with an idea for the first show. And they had a head writer. This guy... No, I got this. This is good. Thank I you. actually gave you. I was. I was giving you hand signals so you could keep talking, yeah. and no, we, no, they I'm wouldn't. Fine. I'm fine. But they wouldn't realize that I was getting up, I asshole. Know, I know. I know. Jesus I know. Christ! But they, they heard your big ass creaking in the chair. That's true. <clears throat> go so, ahead. I came up with this idea. I, I won't go too far into it. They weren't supposed to have a head writer. She ended up having a head writer, and this guy had a fucking Emmy. He was writer on the Letterman show, and he had an Emmy. And he 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 changed my idea into this big, elaborate, fucking stupid thing. Right. And and I really want to look at him and go, that you're, what are you, a fucking idiot? But I'm like, okay, I've lost too many things by acting like that. So I go, great idea. Right. <laughs> and then we have a meeting and Rosie's like, what are you, out of your fucking mind? We ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. And, I, and the guy goes, well, it was Joe's idea. Right. And he, I go, Rosie, that wasn't my idea. Let me tell you what my idea. No, we're not doing it. I go, no, my idea had nothing to do with what he just said. She goes, I don't care. We're not doing it. I said, but let me explain what the original idea was. Right. And she goes, no, think of something else. Right. And I got fired. So she yelled at you. Yeah. Because. 
Well, the guy's idea was fucking stupid. So this guy, basically, what this guy probably did was go behind your back, go to Rosie. She was pissed. And then she fired you. That's kind well, of a well, dick move, though. Well, her, I'll tell you, man, that, that, she, she helped me out so much. And after she fired me, she put me on the show. I was the first comedian ever taped to appear on the show. After she fired yeah, you. Yeah, she fired me as a writer. And then she called me to work with her, open for her at the Kennedy Center in D.C., which is one of the biggest thrills of my life. And then the producer of the show saw me perform there and asked me to be on the show. So right. I have absolutely nothing against her. And, and she actually helped facilitate my wife throwing me out. Because if I kept that job, I would have been making a shitload of money, and that bitch would have never threw me out of the house. Right. But so then I left there. I went and did a radio show in Boston. I That's got, when you went back to Boston. Yeah. I got That's when I met you. That. Yeah. I met you then when you came back from Rosie. Yeah. yeah. And you were divorced. Yeah, we we were just getting divorced, and that's when you got your own show at at the Kowloon. At the Kowloon, yeah, and Thursday nights. I Thursday think nights. I think it was Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Wednesday yeah. nights, and you used to put me up all the time. Yeah, and then we started hanging out. Yeah, and I've never ever lived with anybody. And what was that bitch from Revere that threw you out of the house? Maria Falzoni. Yeah, and then you came and lived with me in East Boston. For a minute, right, yeah. And saved my fucking life. I lived with you in East oh, Boston. I was a ball of fucking sadness. Oh, my God. And you were like, shut the fuck up, be a man, be responsible, take responsibility for what you fucking do. Right. Shut the fuck up, quit crying, you motherfucker, you shut up. Well, this is, because you were such a fucking... You were such an old school guy, man. You were brought up in East Boston, the Italian part, and you had, you know, you, you had this. You know how I knew I was fucked up? It was like the first girl. It was the first girl <laughs> that I got laid after being with my wife. Yeah. And, and we were having sex, and I don't know how graphic I should be, but like doggy yeah, style. A fuck. Doggy style sex. Yeah. And she goes, spank me. And I was like, did she just say spank me? I go, what if I haul off and whack her in the ass? And she actually said, thank you, or something like right. that. What if I didn't hear what I think I just heard, and I fucking whack her? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I'm such a fucking child. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. Well, I remember I brought this girl over to your fucking house. Oh, she, she was gorgeous. She just got new titties. I'm not going to say her name, because I think she might listen. You said it earlier. All right. <laughs> well, they don't know that. Do your homework. Go back and figure it out. Put the fucking dots together. But she, uh, she just got new titties, and I remember she came over, and I'm trying to hook you up with her. But I didn't know that. I thought you were banging her. Well, I was, but I was trying to, I, I, I was trying to give her to you. Okay. I was trying to hook you because she was such a sweet person. I was a piece of shit back then. I was in my prime. Yeah, but I, was, I was so innocent. I didn't know guys gave guys women. Well, I, <laughs> she was such a sweet person. You were such a sweet person. I thought, she, you know, you guys would meet and oh my God, but I didn't know that she would like the dirty fucking bad. That's what she liked is the bad fucking Bobby. Yeah. And she didn't want because you came over and I showed she showed you the brand new tits and you I remember your face and you were like, <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, this is going to work. And then you went and made her an apple i made her a baked apple a baked apple and i remember that f weirded her out <laughs> she just wanted to probably suck cock and he'd be hit like i used to do and you're in there fucking making her a baked apple <laughs> she thinks we're gonna have a threesome and i'm like aren't you hungry <laughs> you put on an apron <laughs>
Ah, fuck, Joe. (laughs) Well, then I came home. I came home, and then my writing partner in L.A., which we had written a script about when I sold cars, called called me up and told me that we had gotten financing to make my movie. To make your movie, and it's called Suckers. Suckers. It's, uh, is it on Netflix? I, I don't know. I think it is. Really? I think it is. I'll find out right now. Um, it's now called, there's now three movies named Suckers. Really? Yeah. Yours we were is the first. what? What is yours? Suckers. Yeah, but what, what is it about? Tell the people. Oh, it's about, it's about a car dealership, and it's the most realistic movie ever made about selling cars. Anyone who's ever sold cars knows this movie. Except the ending. <laughs> they use it for, yeah, we fucked up on the ending, but they, they use it for a training film in car dealerships. They use scenes from my film to teach people how to sell cars. It's fucking vicious. It's the most fun I, I ever had, man. I, I was so poor yeah. when we, because I moved back to L.A. again to shoot the movie because there was no way I was not going to be in my own movie. I was driving to the set of my own film in a car with no fucking insurance because I couldn't even afford to pay my health insurance. I went and sold cars so I could be there when my daughter was born and then now i'm in los angeles pretending to sell cars in a movie right and it's the only time i've been away from my daughter since she was born and it fucking freaked me out man we rented a whole car dealership i was wearing the same clothes when i was selling cars now i'm divorced from the woman that i did this for but i'm making a movie about it it was the most surreal fucking thing we got daniel benzali who's an amazing actor, yeah. and I'm sitting on the curb. I flipped out. I'm fucking crying. I ran out of the dealership because I was so emotional. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on inside me. And I'm crying, and I hear, hey, man, are you okay? And I turn around, and it's Benzali, who was huge at the time because he had just done Murder One. Yeah. And I look at him like, what the fuck is he doing here asking me right. if I'm okay? And, that, but, uh, and then I won a Best Screenplay Award for the movie. And uh, then I had to deal with HBO to make a series based on the film. Still would have been a great series, I think. Oh man, we're we're writing something right now too. So I remember, I remember when this movie happened. I was I was around and yeah, no I'm shit, a- you were living at my house. Yeah, my <laughs> second wife was living there. I'm on the phone with HBO talking yeah. about the biggest fucking deal I ever made in my life, and you and my wife are pretending to be secret agents <laughs> shooting shit at me while I'm talking to the fucking head of HBO. Yeah, we were fucking. <laughs> Stupid. I was because that's when I was. I went out to LA to live with somebody, somebody, and um, I wound up staying with you on yeah. the fucking air mattress, yeah, with a fucking bubble in it, yeah, that I bought it at, uh, at Rite Aid, <laughs> and I lived on your floor for two months, yeah. I Me remember and that, you and, and my wife, and then I booked the fucking pilot. And you fucking assholes would hide in the closet trying to scare me uh, when we, I came home. We had a lot of fun, man, in that yeah. fucking apartment. Was, I was like your son. <laughs> you know? I used to scare the shit out of you. I used to, we used to fuck around a lot, man. Yeah, I remember we, we used to eat. Fun. And we used to, we used to I mean, it was a fucking... Yeah. Looking back on it, I remember you guys used to fight. Oh, my God. You'd you, fight. you were like our counselor. Yeah, you would, I would, I'd be on the lawn with you at 3 in the morning yeah. trying to get you not to strangle her. Yeah. Uh, and then you'd go on the road, and I wound up talking to her for fucking hours, rollerblading. I remember you saying, "Well, she's afraid of you." I'm like, "What the fuck is she afraid of? I'm not scary." And you're like, "You're <laughs> fucking scary to her." Remember, we used to play tennis too. We got into tennis. Fucking asshole! I said she wants me to go to counseling, and I'm not going to counseling. I'm not some fucking pussy. 
Yeah. And you said, well, you're a pussy if you don't go. Yeah. And that was the beginning of my fucking transformation into a human being. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and now you're fucking... Years later, you moved back to Boston. Yeah. You, uh, you, you're doing cruise ships now a lot. Yeah. Traveled all over the world. I went to all fucking over the Antarctica last and most, year. And most comics get shit for cruise ship. Comics get yeah. shit. And I actually, I was talking to a uh, cruise ship comic, a young guy. And it's like, you know, you, people give shit to comics and, and who do the cruise ships. Like, it's the end. Of, it's really not. It's, a, it's, no, it's an not. alternative um, way to, that you get to go all over the fucking world, make 3000 yeah. to $5,000 a week yeah. to do these shows for people. You're still doing stand-up. You're still being creative. You can still write new stuff. You know what, you know what cruises are right now? Cruises are what clubs were. In the, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. There's no difference. You can, be, isn't it, you can be clean though, right? No. No. Like, I work on the Oasis of the Seas. Royal Caribbean's mm-hmm. got two of these ships. They're the biggest ships in the world. I have never seen anything done better. Never. Oh. Not, not ships. I've never seen... Royal Caribbean's fucking Oasis and Allure of the Seas are fucking amazing. And they have a real comedy club right on the ship it's a small room and you can do anything in this room that you would do in a comedy club and there's no difference really the fucking audiences are great you do a shitload of shows you can really work on your act i think it's, you make it, great money they give you an amazing cabin right and it, it's such a fucking pleasure to do it and there's, but the thing is, is that people think that you do these cruise ships and the people that do them, I mean, it has a stigma to it in the business. Oh, because, because before they used to be fucking hacks. And before too, you're not around to be famous. You're not around for the opportunity. Right. You're not around for that audition. You're not around to book that gig as yeah, the you, guy. You know what? This is how I look at it. Just to be serious for a yeah. minute. It's God. God. Is it more difficult for God to put Jesus. a fucking agent or a producer on the allure of the seas than it is to have him put him in a comedy club in New York or Los Angeles. It's fucking God. He can put the guy wherever he wants. Dude, can I just... There's no more effort in putting him on a cruise than putting him over here. You know, if if something's meant to happen, if someone's supposed to see you, it doesn't matter where the fuck you are. Right. Well, here's the thing, too. If I... I, I, God... As you put it, yeah. had has made it so that I have I, I have to shit my pants right now. <laughs> Honest to God, I've had to shit okay. because I'm on this Medi fast. You couldn't do the gesture where you tell me to keep talking and they'd never know. Dude, I you didn't I'm, want I don't them know to know you, you were see, getting up to get me a glass of water. But, but taking a shit, I have to inform the you, audience. Do you see my posture for the last ten minutes? I'm on my I'm on two knuckles on my left hand <laughs> and I, like one cheek on my right. Because I've had to shit for the last 15 minutes. All right. And I'm trying to fucking okay, keep let, it in. Are we wrapping it up? And we're going to wrap it up on God. Okay. <laughs> That's a great... I just think that... You went, can I be serious for a second? There's nothing more serious than when somebody goes, God. <laughs> Everybody well, went, let me, oh. Let me tell you something. Why is before, God... Before we go... And, yeah. and honest to God. Yeah. <laughs> I am happier now than I've ever been in my life. No one knows who the fuck I am. But you know what? I'm doing what I love to do. Right. I'm making a good living. I support my daughter and myself. And we're having a fucking blast. And everything is cool. And when, when something's going to happen... I know something's going to happen. I feel it fucking coming. I can feel it coming. Something really cool is about to happen. And I'm going to come back here. But, and we'll do this again. But you're happy. I'm fucking thrilled. You're fucking happy. And... Yeah. and 
you know, we've we've known each other for years, man. Yeah. For years. Yeah. My whole career almost. Yeah. And the one thing I've seen, and, you know, it's people always, exp- you know, you always have this in your head, what people think it is. Yeah. But you never stop and think what, you, what it really is to you. Yeah. Um, you think what other people's idea of success is. Yeah. yeah. And I, success, look, to some people, it's, it's being on a sitcom and being a millionaire and having everybody be, it's fame. Yeah. It's really, it's fame. And if you yeah. don't get that fame, you failed. And they won't stop until they get it. And you see it. I know there's yeah. comics out there you know that what? are it, like that. But some people, success is being happy. Yeah. Make, paying your bills. Peace of mind. Having a barbecue, spending yeah. time with your daughter, your wife, or your friends. Yeah. Uh, doing shows, being on a TV show, making some money, and affording life. Because you know what? We're all going to fucking die someday. You ain't taking it with you. And you know what? It doesn't make you happy. I'll right. tell you, this, this one of the things that really fucking showed me, Bobby Fosse is one of my heroes. Right. A lot of people think that's ridiculous that this Broadway choreographer, mm. director. I don't think it's ridiculous because <clears throat> I know you're half gay. He's, <laughs> well, we, we reduced it to half. <laughs> so Bobby Fosse, in one year, won the Academy Award for Cabaret. He won the Tony Award for Pippin on Broadway. And he won an Emmy Award for Liza with the Z on television that he directed. In the same year, no one's ever done that. No one's ever won all three of those awards in a year. Except Bobby Fosse. And he did it in the same year that he was admitted to the hospital for severe depression. So you go, okay, obviously that type of success doesn't make you fucking happy. It's no guarantee. Mm -hmm. And and I'm really happy. And and all we have is this moment right here. That's true. And I love that I'm spending it with you. Yeah. This was really fun, man. Yeah, this was a blast, man. And we definitely got to do this again. Totally unplanned. We're going to call this the, uh, we're going to call the, the boat, the boat, the boat surprise. I, when you My come ship in, has come in. We, I have to get a, I, I have to get a, a word to play at the beginning. So next time you come in on the boat, you call me All and right. we do one of these. We have to go. It's a special. That almost made me shit my pants. <laughs> you, you, you're determined to end this on a note about you taking a shit. All right, dude. Thanks so much. Joe <laughs> Yannetti, you. you can check out. Actually, Suckers in its entirety is on YouTube for yeah, free. Uh, yeah, you can download the fucking yeah, it's thing. It's called Suckers Part 1, Part 2. It's a fucking great movie. Yeah, but you yeah. can get it on like those bit torrents and shit. Yeah, you can get on the bit torrents. So you can go buy it and give Joe a little cash. No, I don't get anything. All right, then just go fucking steal it. Um, and Joe Joe on Twitter? What's yes. Your, what's your name? Yeah, Joe Yannetti. At? At, at Twitter, I guess. I at, spell it, because Yannetti's a hard Oh, J-O-E-Y-A-N-N-E-T-T-Y. And Joe Yannetti on Facebook. Check him out. Yeah, He's Facebook. one of my favorite, favorite uh, guys in the business. One of the funniest guys. Hilarious. Thank you. And we got to get you to do Uncle Cheesy next time. All right. Um, what are you crying for? Oh, it's fucking hilarious. And uh, thanks for coming on, brother. I love you. Thanks. Good to see you, buddy. Right, buddy. Thanks again for listening to another episode of You Know What, Dude podcast on gloryholeradio.com. And make sure to check out all the other shows on the Glory Home Network. If you're using the Stitcher app, type in the word fart when you register iTunes users, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you're a real fan of the show and you want to show your support, go to gloryholeradio.com slash Robert Kelly and hit the donate button. 
$10 will get you a shout out on the air. $20 will get you my first CD, Robert Kelly Live, not available in stores. If you have any questions, email me at robertkelly at gloryholeradio.com.